everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. We are doing season two and we're focusing on aesthetics. And it's only natural since we're still kind of in the beginning of this series to start from the beginning with your clients. So on this episode, we're going to be focusing on the consultation process. And this is important. This is kind of like dating. This is your first impression. You want to show your best self. You also want to show your authentic self. Um, you know, if you suck as a person, I'm sorry. It's, this probably isn't going to work out well for you. But if you're an amazing person and you have good intentions, which, which most of us do, then you're going to do well. So, yeah, we'll just say that. There's really nothing else to follow up with that. So let's just dive into the consultation process. So your client comes in, and the first thing that you want to do is introduce yourself. I know. They should know who you are. They found you, right? But even though you're a celebrity in your own mind, they still deserve an introduction. They may know exactly who you are. They probably follow you on social media, but you still need to introduce yourself and tell them who you are. So for example, hi, I'm Heather. I'm going to be your nurse practitioner. I have been in aesthetics since 2015. You know, give a little bit of an introduction, kind of like you're on a date. And I know that's very cringy to some people. It might bring back some PTSD, but it's okay. It's okay. We're in this together. So you start off with an introduction. Tell them who you are. Ask them. You know, they're going to follow up with introducing themselves as well. And then the next thing that you should do is kind of give, not kind of, I say kind of a lot. I don't really know why, but you want to give them an idea of what the consultation is going to look like. That way you maintain some level of control in the conversation. It's okay to let your client kind of lead a little bit, but if, if you don't have control, then they will go into a rabbit hole. And let's be honest, time is money. So you do want to have the majority of the control and navigate this consultation. So, um, you know, let the client know how it's going to look. For example, what I say is, I am going to ask you a couple of questions related to aesthetics, and then I'm going to assess your face, and then I will come up with a treatment plan that makes sense for you. I'll be sure to answer any questions along the way. Please don't hesitate to ask questions along the way as well. So first question, and this always trips everybody up. It's my favorite, favorite question for a consultation is when you look in the mirror, what is the, your favorite facial feature about yourself? And this trips people up. They're not expecting to talk about things that they like. They're expecting to sit down and tell you all the things that they want you to fix. But this question serves a couple of different purposes. Number one, it starts the consultation off with a positive. You know, we want to start off with a positive. Everything in this whole society leads us to tear each other apart and talk bad about ourselves. So it's just a refreshing way to start the consultation. Number two, it helps you to assess their heart. And what I mean by that, I've gotten some very interesting responses and reactions when I ask this question. You know, for the majority, people will give you an answer. After some time, they'll either say like, oh, wow, 
I wasn't expecting that question or they'll say, you know, I don't really know. Uh, and then you just kind of encourage the, uh, the answer to come like, well, I'm just going to look at you awkwardly until you give me an answer that usually <laughs> helps to elicit a response. But sometimes it will cause the client to break down and, you know, they'll share some things going on in their life that has led them to your office. And, you know, for example, I've had a client that uh, broke down and told me that she doesn't feel like she is noticed anymore when she walks in the room that, you know, maybe 20 years ago, she'd walk in the room and people would admire her look, her outfit, her makeup. And now she walks into the room and she feels like nobody even knows she exists. And she just lost her husband. She, you know, that, that makes up a lot of our identity. Um, but that just, you know, that whole response came from a simple question of asking what she appreciates when she looks in the mirror. So it just, it helps you to assess their heart. And uh, by doing so, you can determine if treatment by you is appropriate or not. You know, sometimes if they're not okay on the inside, there's nothing that you can do in your office that's going to help them. So that's my favorite first question. It is deep, but it is important. And I guarantee you will appreciate starting off your consultation the same. Um, the second question is your typical question. What do you not like? What bothers you? Um, this kind of helps. This will help you to prioritize your treatment plan, even though, you know, you are the expert and you do want to be the navigator to their care. The patient is their ad is the advocate. So they're going to tell you what they don't like. And that just helps you to determine uh, what they see versus what you see and how you can address their needs in, uh, in a way that's going to prioritize what they're seeing as a negative first. So start there. Um, from that point, I will assess their face. And I'm looking at multiple things. You know, obviously, this is your consultation as well, so you do what you'd like to do. But uh, we're assessing where they are in the aging process. And as you're assessing, um, you're determining what's going to work out best for them. You can simplify your treatment plan with your client by separating your treatments into four different categories. And I call this the four bucket approach to a consultation. Um, you are more than welcome to use that. You're more than welcome to change that up and make it make sense for you. But this is what has worked for me. So I will, uh, I will share what I know about the aging process first and just offer um, some guidance on that and ask them, you know, would you like me to share what I know about the aging process? They'll say yes. And you tell them what you know about the aging process. You sure already know this. Hopefully you do. Um, but then you say, you know, I am a very natural beauty driven injector. I will always make you look like you, but just refreshed and rejuvenated never overdone, never overfilled. It's important for the clients to know this um, because a lot of them are scared to be overfilled because we only notice bad work, right? We don't really notice good work. You really shouldn't notice good work. But you're going to tell them this because you want them to know that you're trying to change the way society views aging. And this is a whole nother podcast episode that we will get into but aging should be 
considered a privilege. It should be considered a gift. The opposite of aging is death. I know that sounds very dramatic, but it is. So uh, for whatever reason in our society, we've begun to view um, aging as a devaluing system. And the older we get, the less we are valued, whereas it should be the complete opposite. We should be embracing some of these changes because let's let's face it, we're all going to age. We're all in this together. There are things that we can do to age gracefully, but we're still going to age. So the point to that is to say, I'm never going to tell my client that I'm going to make them look younger. Why? Because it's not possible to be younger. What you're doing by telling somebody that you're going to make them look younger is you're setting unrealistic expectations. If you have a client use a photo of themselves from 10 years ago and you're trying to use that as motivation, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're never going to achieve that result. You're never going to erase time. You can soften things, but you'll never completely take them away. So we're just trying to set realistic expectations. And by doing so, it's going to make your job easier. It's going to build trust. And that's the whole point of the consultation is to build a trusting relationship so that the client returns to you in their journey. This should not be considered a one-stop shop. So once you get through that, you're going to break down your treatments into four different categories. And how I like to verbalize this is to say, um, you know, I'm going to tell you about the treatments, but I'm going to break it down into categories. Think of the categories as buckets. There's four buckets. You would you want to dip your toe into all four buckets to optimize your treatment. So let's go into that. Bucket number one is your neuromodulators, a.k.a. Botox, Dysport, Xeomin, Javo, whatever the new one is that we're all questioning if it works or not. We'll talk about that to you. Um, that's your bucket number one. Very important to tell your client, consistency is key for your neuromodulators. If you only do Botox once a year or every now and then for an event, you're wasting your money. Because if you think about the mechanism, you're trying to stop the contraction of the muscle so that that repetitive movement over time doesn't produce a line as we lose collagen. So if you're only doing that every now and then, that's like going to the gym every now and then. You're not doing anything. It might make you feel good when you do it, but it's, you're not producing long-term results which would be to either prevent lines from happening or to soften them, which, by the way, prevention is a lot easier than treatment. Make sure you tell your clients this, especially if they're coming in saying that they want to wait till a certain age to get Botox. That's really not what you should do. You should come in before you have any signs of aging so that we can come up with a plan to face them ahead of time. So anyway... From that category of neuromodulators, you can then assess them and let them know how many units you think that they should receive uh, that would provide an adequate result or a therapeutic result, and, uh, and then go on to the next bucket, which is volume. Volume is something that we all lose as we get older. We lose about a teaspoon every decade after 30, and the only way to replace volume is with volume. On the non-surgical side, that is hyaluronic acid-based fillers or calcium-based fillers with radius. On the surgical side, that's your fat grafting. So obviously we're not surgeon. Well, some of us are 
shout out if you are. Uh, but if you are in the non-surgical side, we are talking filler. What I would like to stress on this is to stop telling your client that your filler is going to provide a lifting effect. The liquid facelift statements are dead. They are dead. Think of them. They're deceased. Don't use it anymore. You're setting yourself up for failure. Um, you're, what you're doing is you're creating highlights in the areas that have shadows from volume loss. And by doing that, you're creating the illusion of a lift. But you're not actually lifting anything. When people pull their skin back in the mirror and they tell you, like, I want this look, filler is not going to achieve that. You know, the reps used to tell us that it does. But from experience, unless I'm doing it wrong, it does not do that. It's beautiful. Filler is beautiful. But in small doses, in the appropriate areas, and, you know, to provide a refreshed, rejuvenating result. Stop overfilling cheeks. <laughs> I know that's a random statement, but also stop overfilling cheeks. Uh, we tend to want to start with the cheeks for every client, no matter where they come from. And to be honest, some clients just don't need it there. So what you're doing is you're taking a global assessment of the face, looking to see where they have volume loss. Typically, it's in the piriform fossa, the temples, the uh, jawline, you know, those areas, those are going to be areas that you're going to focus on primarily for filler. So that's your second bucket. You can, with your assessment, take a look and let them know, like, it's most likely going to be between two to four syringes. Your syringes are going to last around this time. Emphasize that you're going to keep them looking natural and uh, move on to your third bucket, which is skin tightening. This is a bucket that a lot of people fail to speak on. We like to get our Botox. We love to get our filler and we don't really do anything else. And so, you know, that's going to, um, to, it's going to keep us from getting optimal results. So with skin tightening, I think that we are moving into an era where we are focusing more on this. And I, I love that for us, but you're going to be talking to your client about collagen regeneration and skin tightening. And, what you are going to introduce in that category is whatever treatments you have that provide that. So, for example, House of Beauty, where, um, where I work, we have different things that are going to help with that. Morpheus 8, which is a microneedling radiofrequency device that's going to uh, regenerate collagen. We have Sculptra, which is a biostimulator, also going to regenerate collagen. We have PDO Threadlifts. That's the only thing, as far as I know, on the market that's going to produce an immediate pullback of the skin while also producing collagen. And there's a multiple amount of other treatments that also regenerate collagen. Um, these are all important things. It's very important for the client to know that most of them are not going to produce immediate results. So uh, once we get into an episode where we talk about the different skin tightening treatments, specifically, I really would like to touch on Sculptra. You'll learn how to introduce this into your client's treatment plan appropriately uh, because most of our clients want immediate results. And so there's a way to do a treatment plan where you can include things that are going to give that immediate result while also including things that the client will want to do for the long term, for the long haul to reduce, to slow down the time clock. So uh, I prefer 
you know, talking to my client about the reds and sculpture, those are probably my favorite. Morpheus A is also my favorite. To be honest, all of these are my favorites, but you use what you have in your clinic and don't be afraid to punt clients to other offices. If you are an injector that just does Botox and filler, that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But just know that for somebody to have optimal results, you want them to do other things besides that. So don't be afraid to punt them off. Again, we're we're a society, a society, not a society. We're an industry where we should be collaborating and not competing with each other because there's plenty of clients. So uh, on that note, that collagen, that is very, very important. So make sure you're including that. When you assess your patient, you're just looking to see what, level of severity of laxity they have and you know if they're an appropriate candidate for some of these treatments and again we're going to dive into specific treatments because sometimes a client will come in and she's 60 65 years old sculpture is not really going to work well because there's not much collagen in the reserve to regenerate from so you have to make sure that they're appropriate clients for these treatments as well lastly now we're moving on to bucket number four. Bucket number four is skincare hygiene. And that's just a fancy term for what you're doing with your facialist and what you're using at home topically. And this is a good little little nugget to go on because you are going to have those crunchy granola clients that want to use a cream for everything and that's just not going to work so it's good to educate in this arena but um but what you want to do if you are an esthetician this is where you will schedule your client for facials at a cer certain frequency whatever works for them go over the skincare products they are using and see if they need to adjust anything based on their skincare so that's the four buckets. The point to having the four buckets, again, is to simplify everything. It's to introduce different things because this, this industry, aesthetics in general, is very overwhelming to a client. And a client that gets overwhelmed is a client that is probably not going to do anything. And we've all been there. If we're in a situation where something seems overwhelming, you're like, you know what? Never mind. So it's good to go over all of these. Um, at that point, you can then tailor your plan to have a specific short-term and long-term treatment plan. Uh, just to illustrate that, let's say Sally came in. She's 33. She is complaining of um, forehead wrinkles. She's never had Botox before. And um, there's no static lines, but you see a lot of dynamic lines whenever she has expression. So even though she's there for just four headlines, I know if you're in a time crunch, you're going to be tempted to just be like, oh, okay, that's Botox. Let's do Botox and then you're done. What I encourage you to do is to, while she's there, ask her, do you mind if we do a consultation to, kind of, to go over everything so that I can give you a long-term treatment plan so that while we're treating what you're coming in for, we have a plan for what you can do when you come in next. So Sally's coming in. We're looking at her forehead wrinkles. Obviously, 
again, this is another topic we can get into. We're not just going to treat the forehead lines. We're going to treat the glabella as well because those muscles work together. Uh, but while we're doing that, we're going to tell Sally like, okay, this is bucket number one. Uh, there's four different buckets out there. Do you mind if I go over the other three? She's going to say yes because everybody's motivated to look their best self. Uh, so as you're treating her, you can then go over volume. You can go over skin tightening. And you can go over skincare hygiene. So this consultation process has worked really well for me. Um, I've used this on every client that's come in. And I would say my return percentage is about 90. I'll be, I'll be overconfident. I'll say 99%. Usually if I, if I don't have a client return, it's because a medical reason has popped up. Or, you know, maybe they are better suited for a surgical approach, which is totally fine as well. I've talked about this before. Don't do something on your client that um, that should be addressed in a different way. Meaning if a client is, um, you know, a good candidate for a facelift and they are open to doing that, don't do, you know, a bunch of threads and skin tightening treatments if they're planning on seeing their surgeon for a consultation in a month. You want them to have the best results, whether that's with you or with somebody else, because at the end of the day, we are all trying to make our clients happy and do a results-driven practice. And it's not just about making money, even though making money is important. But I promise you, if you do right by the client, you build that trusting relationship. You only provide services that are going to benefit the client. You aren't afraid to tell the client no if something's not going to benefit them. They're going to trust you. They're going to see results and the money will come from that and something that you're passionate about. If, um, if this is something that you're doing just for money, it's not going to work out well. So hopefully that consultation process works well for you. I would love your feedback too. If you start using this and you're like, this is great, but I want to add that. Let me know. Like I said, we're all in this together. I love to learn. And if there's a better way to do this, I'm so open to hearing it. But use that. Let me know what you think. Um, on, I don't even know what we're going to talk about next episode, but we're going to continue talking about aesthetics for a little while. And there's going to be some episodes that are going to be targeted to just the clients as well, but it's going to be beneficial for injectors to listen as well. So I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. I hope everybody has a beautiful week and I will see you guys next time on the next episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. Bye.